All right. Good morning, church. Good morning. We are in Acts chapter 3 this week, so if you got if you have your Acts journals, I got it wrong in the last one. It's actually page 18 that you'll be on. Uh, or if you're using your regular Bible, it's probably not page 18. You're going to flip to the right a little bit farther. We're in Acts chapter 3. Uh, my name's Andrea. I am very nervously excited to bring God's word to you today. Pastor Steve and Deidre are on a well-deserved little time off, so we're just praying that they're able to spend some time uh, to just relax and just enjoy uh, their time together. Uh, so we are in Acts chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour, 3 p.m. And a lame man from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and enter the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God uh, and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So Pastor Siva said, uh, the book of Acts reads... uh, like a Marvel movie. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not a huge Marvel movie fan, mostly because I fall asleep as soon as the popcorn's gone. Uh, but there is one Marvel movie that I will always stay up for that I really love, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. And the, the plot isn't that original, the storyline's um, nothing super special, and the language is not great. But the soundtrack is awesome. Chris Pratt is hilarious. And my favorite part is that the the hero of the story isn't isn't one superstar, but it's a group of just ragtag misfits that on their own, it's like mass chaos. But when they come together, they overcome and they have this this common bond and loyalty to doing the right thing uh, for all people. And so somehow you've got this orphan, an assassin, a guy who just wants to destroy everything, a raccoon and and not a Groot. His name is Groot. He's a tree. Somehow those five make this like the coolest band, um, and then it's one of my favorites. And so when I think Marvel movies and the Book of Acts, I think Guardians of the Galaxy, and I think it's really fitting, and I think it's a it's a good uh, picture to have because the first church wasn't just the highly elite. It wasn't when Jesus chose his first disciples. It he called Peter and John, who we talk about today, and they were just fishermen. They were Fishermen were commoners. They were not highly educated. They didn't spend a lot of time uh, at the temple being uh, being educated there. They were just ordinary people. And so it's it's cool to see this, this group of misfits of the first church uh, who, who Jesus called ordinary people to do extraordinary things in his name. And so uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy when I think, when I think of Acts. And so 2,000 years later, we can still relate to the stories, though our culture has changed from that first church. The battles that we face are the same. And so we can relate to, we can, we can put ourselves uh, in the positions of these characters that we meet as we read it. And 
Really, we are the church in 2021. We're just a ragtag group of misfits, but together with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can change our community in the same way that they did um, 2,000 years ago. So um, our story, we've got Peter and John, the disciples. They're on their way to the temple. uh, And at this time, Jews and Christians, they were still one group. So they would have gone to the temple to pray together. Um, And there was a rich tradition in the Jewish in the Jewish church to, um, with the Jewish people to give alms to the needy. Alms would be the extra giving on top of the tithe that they would give to take care of those in need, um, take care of those who needed it. And so they would have had extra money to, to hand out um, to these people. So we have this beggarling at the gate, and, and um, it says that he was carried in probably by family on a mat and laid at the gate because he was lame, again, from birth. And uh, uh, Luke, the author of Acts, uses verbiage that says that the, his joints were formed in a way that they couldn't support his weight. So when he was laid at the gate, he was uh, sprawled on the ground, maybe supported by an, an, an elbow. So he was going to be at just about knee height. This guy was uh, lame, completely disabled. It wasn't just after a hard leg day and he couldn't move. Like he didn't need Gatorade. He didn't need a miracle. Um, and so We've got our lame man laid at the beautiful gates. So this beautiful gate was one of ten gates into the temple, and it was um, so named because it was 70 feet tall. It is double-hung doors covered in bronze. It was a sight to see. And so um, if you were a wealthy person or if you're entering through a gate, you're probably going to go to the beautiful gate. Uh, and so it got a lot of foot traffic, which sets up this perfect situation uh, for a very public miracle in front of a lot of people heading to the temple to pray. Um, and a perfect place for this lame beggar to, to lay, a very strategic spot. And that's just God using all of those little pieces that we overlook, um, but it makes a story even more beautiful. And he's working all those little pieces in our lives for our good and for his glory. Um, so when, when we think about these characters, we have to think about where their heart is at. So we put ourselves in that place of that, that lame beggar. It said he sat there his whole life. Later we're going to learn he's over 40 years old. So for 40 years he laid there um, begging quite literally for his life. There was no other way for him to make money, and he still needed to buy food. He still needed to care for himself. So this, he was begging for his life here every day for 40 years. Um, he was overlooked and unseen. We've got this contrast from this beautiful gate to this broken man. Overlooked, unseen, but yet... Everybody recognized him. Everybody knew who he was, but nobody did anything for him. He was overlooked. He was unseen by people who were on their way to the temple to praise a God who provides. He would have heard the teaching. He would have heard about this faithful God, and yet here he was not able to go into the temple. In those days, if you were lame, you could not go inside. Um, So he just had to hear it and just hope that they believed the things that they were hearing in order to be generous to him. Um, and so you have to wonder the condition of his heart and, and are there times in our lives where we can understand where he's coming from? How many here have felt completely overlooked and unwanted and just passed by, doing everything that we can just to make it through the day? Right? How many of us um, have struggles that those walking by know nothing about, that we're, we're overwhelmed and left to struggle on our own. How many of us can be in that situation? You know, for me, uh, as a teen mom, I remember walking through and towards the end very much waddling through my high school uh, uh, hallways at school and just embarrassed and 
defeated and thinking, how the heck am I going to do this? I can't take care of myself. Now I have a baby. And, and I remember hearing the smirks and, and seeing all the pity looks, but you know, nobody caught my eye. Uh, and so I don't understand fully where he was at, but I can understand and I can feel just a little bit of that pain. And I think, I think we each can in, in different seasons of our life. But then, God, then Peter and John look at him when nobody else would. And it it said the beggar met his gaze expecting to receive something from him. He was expecting money and uh, money to help him in his situation to just continue to be comfortable, help him with the condition that he was in. Um, And so when when Peter and John said, no silver, I have no silver and gold, the beggar's got to be thinking, that's a cruel joke. I just need money. That's what I need to survive. But Peter and John are looking at him saying, I don't, I have something that can help you not just survive in your, in your position, but the power in me can help you thrive and transform your life. And they didn't want to give him what he wanted to support his current condition, but the power of Jesus to heal his brokenness. And the, the Holy Spirit worked through those obedient men. There's nothing super special about them. There's nothing extraordinary that they did, but they spoke when it was easier to say nothing at all. It would have been easier to just walk by, but they stopped and they said something when, when it would have been easier to just keep walking. And that not that just like Jesus? These guys met him where he was at. Um, and Jesus meets us where we're at. And he doesn't meet us where we're at to help us limp along through life, but he meets us where we're at to grab our hand, to pull us through that difficult season, that difficult struggle that we're in, so that we know and we can see the miraculous breakthrough on the other side that comes in his name and isn't that just like our god that's the god that we get to serve so for all of us who can relate to that man we need a peter and john to meet us where we're at and to show us this jesus right jesus called those men to be disciples excuse me um called called them to be his disciples to show off his power right he didn't call them to just follow along with the religious the religious workings of the day called them to be disciples and disciples are, are learners they're people who are all in for the cause of the one that they follow they're all in for the gospel and they know the power it has to heal uh, and sharing that power with their community and just as jesus called those men to be his disciples he's calling every one of us to be his disciples to be all in to share that gospel to share that jesus with somebody even when saying nothing is easier as we get so distracted by all of the of the craziness of the world and all of the hurt that we think there's nothing I can do, like that's what the missionaries are for, or that's what the pastors are for, they're there to change the world. Um, so we get overwhelmed and we, and we stay in our lanes and we take care of our kids and we run them to all the things and we do our jobs, but yet we miss every single person with those... Um, with brokenness of their own, who just need somebody to catch their eye, who just need to encourage them, who just need to know this Jesus that you say you believe in. And we miss an opportunity to show the grace that we say we believe. Um, we are the church, and we get to be Jesus' disciples. And the church isn't just a bunch of seminary giants, right, doing unfathomable things. The church, just keep going back to that. We're just a ragtag group of ordinary people that God's going to use to do extraordinary things. And when we are obedient, even just in the little bit, God is so good that he is all about his glory. and He multiplies a single act of obedience to change eternity. 
Um, Excuse me. We can't single-handedly change the whole world, but we can change the world for one, right? Salvation happens one person at a time. So when I was a teen mom, I was changing my life. Uh, a coworker actually befriended me. She was new to the area. She was super busy. She had four young kids of her own, and um, she just invited me over to go boating. Like just bring your kid on. I'm bringing my kids out. We're going boating. Come on over. And she shared her life with me. And she just she walked out the grace that she said she believes. Right? She, she gave me this example of a beautiful Christian woman who I wanted to emulate. And in this at this point in my life, I was. Teen, teen mom, not making great choices, but I saw the way that she lived her life. And I heard the truth that she spoke to me, and it changed my life, right? Her single act of obedience changed my life in a way that now I get to share Jesus with a group full of people here and an online audience because of her act of obedience. It wasn't anything extraordinary. I just thought we were going boating, right? Last week we talked about how we had all things in common. Just got to ride in a boat, and she changed my life. And those acts of obedience multiply but we miss them when we get focused on what we got to do in our life. Um, to be a disciple of Jesus doesn't take more time. It requires you to be intentional with the time that you have. It requires you to be intentional with the relationships that you have with the place, in the places that you're at. It only took one minute, maybe, maybe less, for Peter and John to meet that man, to meet his gaze, and to bring him into the temple, and to experience freedom. A single act of intentional obedience, that single act to grab that man and bring him in, changed eternity forever. And when he went into that temple and everybody saw, now you have a temple full of people who get to experience Jesus in a way that they never would have had Peter and John just kept walking. Are you expecting God to use you? And are you expecting God to show up when you act out, step out in obedience? This man had a reputation for being a lost cause. I mean, he'd been there for 40 years, right? Everybody recognized him. They knew him. And now, can you picture yourself being in that temple and watching him come in, walking and leaping and praising God? Like, who, who is this man and who is this Jesus? But I have to wonder if there are people here who, who are maybe stuck in that cycle of hopelessness, who are wondering, when's my breakthrough going to happen? When's my miracle going to come? When am I going to overcome? Jesus promised this work. Where are you at? But scripture is clear that there is not a hurt in your heart. There is not a single tear that you cry, and there is not a fear in your mind that he does not see. See, it had only been weeks before that, that Jesus was alive, and he would have gone into the temple. He would have passed through the beautiful gate. He would have seen this man over and over, but he never healed him. Why? Because Jesus sees the whole big picture. We get a snapshot. He sees the whole thing, and he knew that this man, by healing him from heaven through, through the obedience of a couple lowly fishermen, the impact would have been so much greater. Right. He has this picture. He knows the whole story. And so if you're in that place and wondering when my breakthrough is going to come, hold on, man. He sees your heart and he has already planned your victory. We know that he is a God of redemption, of reconciliation, of, um, excuse me, I'm getting excited here. 
He's a God of recovery, of reconciliation, of restoration and renewal. And he has promised not to leave you while you wait for that. Believe in him today to work miraculously in your life. Trust him to keep his promise. He is a God of victory and he is not done working. Hold on. But maybe you're on the other side of those eyes, like the disciples. Maybe today you need to be called out. Hey, you... You've got the love of Jesus in your heart. It's time for you to step out and be that disciple. It's time for you to catch those eyes. Now, if you were there, would you have seen this man? And would you have stopped? And who has God put in your life that he's calling you to reach out to? Who is that person that you can step out in obedience and impact and change eternity for? And what if, what if that one simple act of obedience changed eternity for a whole business, or change attorney for a school because of the one thing that you did. Maybe it's the punk teenager. Maybe it's the difficult coworker. Maybe it's a neighbor or a sibling. But I'm such a dreamer. I'm such a big vision, vision person. And, and I think about it, like, what if a simple act of obedience caused that man, woman, that person that you share Jesus with to go overseas or to... Uh, to, to spread out and be totally transformed by the gospel, that they are reaching villages, reaching people groups that you would never have access to, but because you influenced them and they came to know Jesus, they were bringing villages to know the Lord. And one day in heaven, there's going to be a, a big room full of people that you've never met, people from all over the world who are going to say thank you for being obedient. Your simple, ordinary act of obedience changed eternity for all these people for a room full of people. And when we talk about blessing, when we talk about relationship, man, what a blessing. Suddenly silver and gold mean nothing. Right? We can change eternity for people. So church, let your impact on your world be one that leaves others in awe and wonder at what Jesus can do. Not what you can do, but what Jesus can do. To be a disciple doesn't require more time. It requires you to be intentional with the time that you have. Ordinary things that God's going to use for extraordinary work. And then you believe in God to do exceedingly, abundantly more than you can ever ask or imagine. But first you have to meet those eyes and you have to reach out that hand. But we can transform this community, this this country, and this world for the gospel and for eternity. So... Church, let's be that ragtag group just doing ordinary stuff for the glory of God. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. You that is as relevant today as it was the day that you were written, God, because you know our hearts, God, and, and you see every one of our needs, and you meet us right where we're at. Not to give us what we want, but to give us what we need, which is the transformative power um, of your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for each one in this room, God, that... that They are moved in a way that when they leave this place, they leave here different, expecting you to show up. They leave here expecting expecting you to do immeasurably more than they can imagine. Because I thank you that you are a God of victory. I thank you that you are a God who sees our needs and walks us through those valleys. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for this group of people that we were able to gather here today. I thank you also for the rain. Uh, We love you, Jesus. Amen. Um, great job, Andrea, of, of drawing attention to a person just who is seemingly in somebody's life all the time.
Do you have that person that you walk past in school, that you walk past at work or the coffee shop or whatever it is, that you walk past and you're like, why is their head down? Why do they look downcast? Why is it that they won't make eye contact with me? Maybe they're in need of a healing, whether that's physical or mental. Maybe it's something that that they're waiting for you to reach out and be the church. Say, hey, tell me your name. I see you quite often. My name is Patrick. Tell me about that. And you have this opportunity to enter into a conversation, and all of a sudden this beautiful beautiful gate interaction happens again, but in your world just like it happened with the disciples. God uses each and every one of us in miraculous ways. Let him perform a miracle through you by just reaching out to somebody today or this week. Take that extra time to do that, please. You heard Andrea begging for it too. It is so important to reach out. Let's pray. Father, thanks for today. Thanks for Luke pointing out something so obvious that we just kind of forget about. The person that we see on a daily basis, or maybe it's a monthly basis, and and we just kind of ignore. We're like, somebody else will take care of it. Holy Spirit, I pray that you move in the lives of these people that are in the church here and online and throughout the week that hear this message that, that they are encouraged to be not only were they somebody that was reached out to, but that they are somebody that can reach out to somebody else. We all have influence. Let's use it for your kingdom. Father, we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.